0: Hi, I am Hannah Beer, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Unraveling Money Podcast, where we approach the often stressful, and let's admit it, very confusing topic of money in an entirely new and different way. In this space, money gets to be blissful. Welcome back to another episode of the Unraveling Money Podcast. I have a very, very, very special guest with us today, Her name is Harriet Whaley Cohen. She's one of my best friends. I love her so much. We met in a mastermind that we were both part of um, that met in France every, in Paris, France, every three months and I just fell in love with her. She is a change catalyst in women's empowerment. She is So wise. I come to Harriet to learn more about feminism and self-worth. She is an incredibly strong, powerful woman, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Harriet.
1: Thank you. I'm super excited to be here as well. It's wonderful to be here. (sighs)
0: So good to have you. So, you know, this podcast is all about money, and I wonder what's your story with money?
1: Wow, it's interesting because when I was growing up, my mother always said that as soon as I had money, I would spend it. And I think in some ways that was true, but in other ways, I was also quite a good saver. Um, So if I'd had my eye on like a shiny thing that I really, really wanted, then as soon as I got money, like birthday or Christmas or that kind of thing, I'd be like, oh, I've been wanting that necklace or I've been wanting that thing. Um, Yeah, so I think To some extent, I've been always very conscious that money was a thing you could use to get things that you want. Um, And and then I think, you know, when I fast forward to my first career, so I worked in the financial world and I did earn very good money. um, And I experienced that thing as a graduate where I had more money than a lot of my friends, which was interesting. Um, And at the same time, um, I wasn't yet disciplined around saving money, like money would come, but money would go. It was like easy come, easy go. There's lots more coming. So it's okay to spend it. Um, And then I think (laughs) as I I got more responsible, I I started to learn to save and to have a safety buffer. And that felt really, really good. Um, And I would say perhaps more recently, um I've become and and I guess I shifted from that career to becoming a full-time mother to then becoming an entrepreneur and a single mother and I think that um making money as an entrepreneur is very different to making money when you're working in a job um I think there's a whole piece around self-worth there's a whole piece around what am I allowed to charge is it okay to make money is it okay to ask for money getting good at the sales conversations that requires A certain amount of confidence in your value and in the work that you offer Um, and sometimes it's felt very easy and other times it's not felt so easy and I would say that where I'm at right now with money is that it feels like it still feels as though money flows in and money flows out And it's something in fact, I did a huge financial review in the last month where I got very clear on every aspect of my finances, because I'm sure some of your listeners are here in the UK. We have a cost of living crisis and inflation is crazy right now, as well as um, all of our bills. So I wanted to get super clear rather than just going, oh, there's enough coming in and enough goes out, and not really needing to be precise about it. So I've, I've just finished my review so my money story at the moment is i'm at clarity and now i'm going to shift from clarity to organisation so um and i'm i'm kind of excited for that you know for me that clarity gives me a sense of control and empowerment as well and choice you know it helps me to make choices yeah so that's that's my money story um yeah, I definitely believe that I deserve money. I believe that I have to, I deserve to have an amazing quality of life and I also believe that money is a a great facilitator and I don't think that it's um it's dirty to make money for want of a better expression. I know some people in the personal development industry they have some um mindset um hurdles to overcome around is it okay to charge especially when you're in a healing helping giving profession and interestingly I don't think I've ever questioned whether it's okay to charge I've always said yes of course it's okay to charge you know I've done all this training I've got all this experience I can help you of course it's okay to charge yeah so I guess that's that's my money story and that's where I'm at right now
0: I love how you're touching on two really important things so one is the um you know, a little less sexy saving and being aware of your numbers, being aware of what's going on with your finances and kind of working with reality, working with life, being yeah. really grounded and realistic about what the world currently looks like, what your finances look like and what steps need to be taken so you can reach your goals. At the same time, you touch on, um, on the joy of money and the loveliness of money that when you have money... You can spend it on things that make you smile like a beautiful necklace. And I've stayed in your home before and you're one of the people I really admire when it comes to your generosity. Like you're so generous with your love and with your space and just that that's a really it's really lovely to hear you talk about how you're balancing those two aspects.
1: And it's actually been one of the things I've most invested in in the last year has been in in things for my home, particularly art, actually, and not all like super fancy art in any way, but, but when I did a launch the last round of my... Um, self-worth program the turn your inner critic into an inner cheerleader program. I had a good launch and there was a print that I'd really had my eye on for ages and there was also a gap in my living room above my fireplace that I had in mind for it and after the launch I was like that's my gift to myself. I'm helping all these people and as a result I'm going to get myself this beautiful thing that I've had my eye on. Um, yeah and I, and, and I think it's, it's a concept that I was taught and that was, I was reminded of actually, I was on quite a bad date, but the guy, the, I think one of the points of the bad date was that the guy reminded me that you buy appreciating assets and you rent depreciating assets. And so I buy art and I buy, I don't know, property. I mean, I have, it makes it sound like I have loads of property when I really don't, but, and I buy, um, I invest in things like educational support for my children or I invest in therapy or invest in coaching yeah I I, I'm a big fan of investing in 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 things that will give more you know
0: amazing that's very simple invest in appreciating assets and rent depreciating assets so for people who aren't um familiar with this language you've just given some examples of appreciating assets like property and art that's likely going to go up in value over time what are some depreciating assets that would be wise to rent
1: cars um handbags maybe i don't know i'm trying to think what else would be a depreciating asset anything that as soon as you have it it's worth less um might that's be the
0: calculation that... I like to do in my head so when I'm, I'm a snowboarder for example and like that's the question that's um been on my mind these past couple of years because I always bought my snowboards but then the newer snowboards are so amazing and so awesome yeah, so the so place you where I get my trip, snowboard from I can pirate. rent it or I can buy it and so now I'm a renter because I I drive my I ride my snowboards into the ground like I'm really I have no technique I just like leap down the mountain. And if there's rocks or anything in the way, like that's just gonna, I often like scratch my snowboards and all of that. So I realized that for me, rent the snowboard is wise, but when it comes to cars, I always buy them in cash. Like I always buy them in cash because I feel like the terms of leasing a car are insane. Like completely taking advantage of people who cannot buy cars in cash. Like it Mm -hmm. only benefits the dealership and whoever's in charge of that contract. So I think it's it's a lovely question to have in your head of like what's actually gonna benefit me.
1: Yeah. And and, and you're very wise to talk about the interest rates, right? Because it's very easy to go, okay, well, I'll lease a car, but then actually over three years you might pay 30% more than if you'd bought it outright. And then yeah. you still don't have a car, a car you
0: know, like your yeah. lease is over and you don't actually have anything. And I'm not, I'm not like special with cars, like I'll drive my car until I'm done driving it it may not look that nice in the past couple of years but I'll take good care of it I'm not I, I don't treat my cars like I treat my snowboards my snowboards are toys <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I try to take good care of my car so it'll last a long time and so when I think about buying a car I'll think about you know I'm gonna potentially drive this car for 10 15 years and I'm just gonna drive it into the ground so I'm gonna divide the number that I pay in cash by like years i'm gonna drive it and then by the month and it's like insanely cheap and then you know the leasing payment would be so much higher and i would have to like it's, it's just such a hassle yeah yeah
1: and i think it's also when it comes to um borrowing money it's also always worth looking at the different options that are out there i think i think it is good to be super practical and um around everything to do with money. I think uh, the the worst thing that you can do is bury your head in the sand and and just hope it's all going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so this is where I am curious what you think about this. I, especially once I became part of the entrepreneurship world and the self-development world, and I learned about abundance consciousness, I looked at my way of dealing money and I thought, oh crap, I have all these money blocks because I thought that buying a car in cash because of that calculation I just shared with you, that's not abundant thinking. Or if I think about, um, you know, I somehow I manifest like discounts oh, and How is and that freebies not
1: abundant thinking? Time. It sounds very abundant thinking to me because it sounds practical and sensible. I guess would abundant thinking being, well, it doesn't matter that I'm paying over the odds to lease it because I'll make more money. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I think I'm with you in the sense that there's different, like abun- an abundant life and an abundant mindset looks different from person to person. I thought that I needed to be more frivolous to live abundantly because that's what I perceived other people do. I thought, but they don't care about this. They don't care about that. But one way that I love myself is by making really wise money choices and by making money in my life really easy for me. Like I love I love buying things in, in cash. Like I don't have a phone plan. I never have had a phone plan. I don't have a plan for my computer Everything that I can buy in in cash, I just buy it in like a lump sum. So I make like quite big payments in my life, but I just love the convenience of, I don't have to follow up on any payments. I don't have, I'm not on any payment plans. I can just move countries so easily because there's kind of nothing holding me back. And I'm now realizing that many of the things that I thought were money blocks are actually just me living my values of freedom, of ease, of simplicity, of making my life work. For me, and the things that I labeled as being more abundant, you know, like just spending money here or there on things that don't actually matter or add to my life in the long term. I'm just now, you know, now I know that that that's not an abundance block of mine, that that's well, more of a value. Yeah,
1: I think it's very easy Um I think there's a lot of stuff in the personal development industry where people aren't clear that the point of view they're putting across is an opinion and it's values based rather than they present it as a fact. And it's the same with capitalism per se, right? It's put across as everyone should want more. You should want to make more money. You should be more productive. You should be more busy and you should want more stuff and a bigger house and a flashier car and a more designer handbag. And you know you extrapolate that to like powder your lips and bigger boobs and like do you know what I mean? You can go you can go really to the extreme with that, and I think we by not questioning any of that is very easy to get caught up in it. Um, but when you question it and go, well, is is this true for me? Then you get to pick which parts of it make sense to you and which parts you want to go along with, if any, because right? for some people an abundant lifestyle is one where you live out of a backpack with your laptop and you have no ties and you can go anywhere in the world and you have almost no overheads and that feels really abundant because you're on a different beach, you know, every month. Right. And for someone else, an abundant lifestyle is they're in this beautiful big house where that they've bought with a certain lifestyle and a certain kind of neighborhood doing a certain kind of activities and eating in the fanciest restaurants and driving the big four by four like it's different for everybody and I think it's so important that we get that we have enough self-knowledge and enough confidence and self-worth to live in alignment with who we truly are that we pick what abundance looks like for us Mm -hmm. you know um yeah yeah and it's interesting because um I mean I grew up in what is essentially you know a wealthy family and what's interesting is that you know I went to private school um I know I'm extremely fortunate to have had those experiences yet we did never we never had flashy cars and we never went on flashy holidays now it's interesting because my kids, um, they will often be like, can we, we want to go on this kind of holiday and why aren't we driving this car and why aren't we doing this? And I want these design, And I'm like, yeah, you can have that, but then you don't get the education. So you, we have to pick and, and it's, and of course, you know, maybe some people would say that's not an abundant lifestyle. Why can't you have all of it? And of course you could potentially have all of it, but at the phase of my life where I'm at, where I've made a choice where abundant living for me is, um, where I'm not working crazy hours every single day because I want to spend lots of quality time with my children is that of course that does have a financial impact um, the amount of work and effort I put in to <laughs> correlates to the amount of money I make it's not stupid you know it's obvious um, and therefore there's lifestyle choices to be made and I think it's important to learn that quite early on that there are choices to be made um yeah i mean it does make me angry now when i see some of the um you know people posting oh you know millennials they should just have less starbucks and cancel their netflix subscription and then they'd be able to afford to buy a house because that's literally not true you know property prices have risen far far faster than average wages and all of that there's some systemic factors at play there but at the same time i do think that i think that if we see wealth as not just being about physical money but about like quality of life wealth and emotional well-being wealth physical well-being wealth like there's all different areas where you can be wealthy then you get to you know I think then it's a different uh, quality of conversation around it
0: mm, I love that Harriet you teach on self-worth a lot how does self-worth tie in with money
1: I think it ties in very strongly. Um, I think that the amount that you earn will reflect your self-worth because in terms of how much you charge or how if, if you're working for yourself or you're running a business, how much you charge will be tied in with your self-worth and what you think you're worth, literally, self-worth and worth. If you're in a job, how every, you know when you get a new job, how much pay you negotiate, especially as a woman, Um, with the gender pay gap being such a thing Um, and we know that it's even a bigger gap if you're not white as well that that black women and Asian women it's it's an even bigger pay gap and then you add any disabilities or neurodiversities or not being you know cishet all of that right They, they just create a bigger pay gap so I think um I think your self-worth really does influence how much money you ask to be paid in a job. And similarly, um, whether you negotiate your pay rises and bonuses as well. So there's, it's also about, it's about how much is coming in, but then it's also about the way you spend your money and the way that you organize your money as well, because women who don't have, um who don't have strong self-worth you might have secret self-doubt or imposter syndrome or strong inner critic that's telling them they're not good enough you might spend lots of money on quick fixes to make you feel better um you might spend a lot of money on miracle diet products or personal trainers that kind of thing and be doing it from not from a place of love but from a place of real self low self-worth where you're like i have to spend all this money because i need to change the way that i look or miracle creams or botox or like there's so many different things you could spend your money on um if you're trying to fix the not good enough thing on the inside and you might overspend on material possessions to try to show everybody that you're this amazing you're this amazing successful woman because look at my handbag and my heels or my car or whatever. So you might be doing it in that way. But you might also be overspending on other people as well, you might be being overly generous, because you need their validation, because you're not giving yourself the validation. And so you're thinking, well, if I buy them dinner, or I buy them a, you know, a really expensive present, then they'll love me. So I think it's self worth doesn't just impact what we've got coming in. It also impacts how we spend what we have, So it's a double whammy. Maybe you've got less coming in and more going out. And you might also then it would feed into that sense of shame, wouldn't it? Because you'd be like, well, I should be earning more. Why am I spending so much money? And then you feel even worse about yourself and then you might keep it even more secret and then you're not dealing with it. And it all snowballs. Um, Yeah, there was one lady, she came to one of my talks and every time she had a bad day, she um on her way home she would go into boots the chemist which is like the high street chemist that is everywhere in the UK and she would buy a cheap lipstick and in that moment when she'd spent you know five pounds or whatever it was on this lipstick she would feel better for a few minutes by the time she got home she's not interested in the lipstick she doesn't feel better in fact everything is still the same if not worse because she's like I've got another bloody lipstick excuse my (laughs) language you know what am i going to do and she would just chuck it in a drawer and um, she once took out her lipstick drawer and counted it and she had over 500 and she'd mm-hmm. never eat any of them yeah exactly and like you know she could have probably paid off her credit card and had a nice holiday and all this stuff so i th- i do i think money and self worth and money and how we manage our emotions um are are really tied in really, really mm-hmm. tied in. And as well as the fact that we're in a capitalist paradigm, we're in a masculine patriarchal paradigm as well. There is a big gender pay gap. Women earn, um, I mean, I think, I'm trying to think which which economic body it was that said if, if the gender pay gap keeps closing at the rate it's currently closing at, it will only take 200 years to even out. Which is really shocking. Um, and women, I think, own, less than i need to look this statistic up but it was i think is less than 20 percent of the world's land and property we we just we have less financial power and in some countries women can't have still can't have their own bank account um and and i know here in the uk if unless your husband gave you permission and signed the paperwork you couldn't have your own bank account until about 40 50 years ago which is really shocking
0: It is. That's really not that long ago.
1: No, it's not that long ago. And there's lots of, there's a lot of judgment that goes around um, about women who overspend or underspend or spend on the wrong things. There's a lot of negative um, attachment and, and stereotyping that goes along with that.
0: So you touched on two really powerful things. One was the theme of self-worth and my personal definition of self-worth in my life that I'm using with money is I like to always think like, is the choice that I'm making kind to me, like the amount of time I'm working, the amounts of the type of client I'm inviting into work with me, the programs that I'm running at the time, the team that I'm employing from like what I spend my money on you know, who I do business with, with my personal money, like whatever it is, I always think like, am I building a life that benefits me? That's kind to me. Like, is this a kind and loving choice? Am I honoring myself by doing this choice? Because I grew up in a world that really tried to convince me that I needed to bend over backwards to make everybody else happy. And like, that's kind of my moving prayer with money now, you know, to, to really make sure that it's, it's an honoring of me and that I build a life that benefits me supports me makes me feel really good and well where I don't have to compromise or betray myself or hurt myself for anything
1: exactly exactly
0: so that's the one thing we need to work on right but that's not the whole story because I always it rubs me the wrong way when I'm I'm perceiving that the narrative is oh, it's women's fault because we make ourselves so small and mousy and we need to just believe in ourselves and have more self-worth and everything would be fine because that kind of makes me think, it's like, no, no, there's more to it. And so you already touched on that where you talked about the patriarchy. Can you explain more just about this topic for anyone who's listening who's like, wait, what do you mean it's not just me?
1: Well, here's the thing, right? Let's imagine we're fish and we're swimming in a fish tank except the fish keep getting sick right and the the fish doctors come along and they keep trying to fix the fish right so they give the fish medicine and the fish are kind of okay for a bit but they can only ever reach a certain level of fish wellness and and then somebody takes a step back and goes hold on a minute did anybody think to change the water? The water is stinky and filthy and dirty. That's what it's like. If we keep thinking that, fix, that, that we are the whole problem and that by fixing ourselves, everything will be cured, we are gaslighting ourselves out of the fact that the water, the culture, the patriarchy, the systemic forces that hold women back and tell us that we're not good enough, we're ignoring all of that. And we do ourselves a massive disservice. And I think um, the personal development industry as a whole um, doesn't balance that well enough. Yes, it's it's perhaps not as sexy as, you can be 100% in control of your destiny and you can make this work and this, this, and this. Um, But I think to ignore the water that we're swimming in is madness. And it's also almost lying to ourselves and lying to everyone. Um, I don't, if anyone's listening who who serves within the personal development industry, we're lying to people if we ignore the culture, the cultural backdrop. Um, and yeah, we really are.
0: We're mm-hmm. absolutely lying. Since we're personal friends, you know that I've been having quite an... Uh kind of thorough feminist awakening i've been you know i think it started like 2 years ago or so and i would have called myself a feminist before and i would have told you sure i know like of course of course but somehow i've just been in a different level of initiation with it and i've really been awakening to how women are bred to be caretakers. Like now when people kind of, when I hear voices around me, it's almost like things kind of light up. You know, I've been like told many times, oh, I'm sure you take care of everybody else, but who takes care of you? And I'm like, where's the assumption that women take care of other people, that that's kind of our main purpose in life.
1: Next time you go into a children's clothing store, I want you to look at what's written on the t-shirts for the girls and the boys. So the girls, it's like, be kind, think positive, you know, unicorns, princesses, things that need rescuing and sparkly and magical, but mostly be kind and be positive. The boys, it's all like go and have adventures, be a superhero, you know, be a dinosaur, be it, the, the messaging right from such an early age um the the gender stereotyping is so regressive we have massively regressed actually in terms and and we can have a separate conversation about gender ideology and all that's wrong with it and how regressive it is another time but it it's it and there's the whole um good girl issue you know Mm -hmm. um and and some of that comes from the fact that most countries in the west are still they still have this religious you know judeo-christian overlay um where the man's in the the head of the family and the the wife should be at home looking after the kids and the wife must take the man's name and you know all this kind of stuff and the, the woman automatically gives up her work or cuts back her work when she has babies and puts her career on hold and of course that's the right thing to do because the man earns twice as much anyway because gender pay gap blah 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 you know it's just um it's so systemic and all the role modeling when you look at i think um, when you analyze things like the movie industry men have the lead role like three times as many times as women do women are generally the backup role or the the love interest or the bimbo or the psycho right with there's, there's not so many movies with um it, you know when it yeah it, it's absolutely everywhere once you start noticing it you just can't get away from it and then you think okay so you could take um and there's many other factors you know there's the victim blaming culture there's the way the legal system the psychiatric system the medical system world design in terms of objects um so many different things are all skewed towards men all of them um and systems were designed by men um we saw that with the covid vaccine right where they didn't test it on women so they didn't know that it affected women's menstrual cycle, and then pregnant women got scared to take it, and we we saw a spike in pregnant women dying of COVID. I mean, and that's because the medical industry is skewed towards men. In fact, up until the nineteen nineties or something, women just weren't ever included in psychological research. Um, and and I think once you start to know this kind of stuff, it all starts to make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're like, oh, we've got to overcome all of that in order to move past the good girl, the quiet girl, the girl who doesn't speak up, the girl who doesn't rock the boat, the girl yeah. who doesn't ask for too much, the girl who doesn't shine too brightly because she's a show off. All of that. We've got to move past all of that. But it's we can't do that individually through our mindset. We can only get so far. Mm-hmm. The water needs changing.
0: Oh, Harriet, I love this so much. I'm so grateful we're having this conversation and I'm so excited to go shopping now. I want to see it for myself Um, and just really be aware of the different messages. It really matters because when we think about, um, so if we're bred to be accommodating and nice and sweet and like easy to be around and uplifting to everyone around us and if we're kind of if we've internalized this message that we're great caretakers and people are happy when we take care of them when we anticipate their needs you know what roles do we go in do we you know do we become secretaries do we become nurses do we become um you know child care specialists
1: this is why women do 90 percent of the caring work and why um, and it's all the unpaid labor, and it's when people the unpaid talk about and the unpaid labor, yeah, and and within families, what's called the mental load. So the women, the men might do some of the tasks, but the woman is like the home project manager. So the man might make the packed lunches, but he had to be told to make the packed lunches and what went in them, and reminded of which child prefers which filling in which sandwich, because the woman's holding all the information and the schedule, and she's planning all the stuff. And da da da. da. I mean. It's the mental load.
0: So for someone who's listening, who's like, okay, okay, okay. My takeaway is I want to take inventory of my own sense of self-worth around money. I want to be aware of how I put other people's needs before my own. I want to really become aware of myself and work on that. And I also want to just open my eyes to what's going on in my environment to become aware of the patriarchal um, capitalist waters that we're swimming in. What's an action step or a first step that somebody can take to help them feel like I've got a place to start. This is something that I can begin to start doing.
1: Yeah, I think probably one of the first things that people can do, is, and this is much easier than having a question about getting a pay rise, right? <laughs> um, or raising your prices, which sometimes is quite a big deal, is notice how you're spending your money and start to question what your motive is for spending that money so if you're like the woman I mentioned with the 500 lipsticks right if you're about to spend a bunch of money on some magic miracle creams to make you look younger and smoother and more glowing who says you have to be those things hold on a minute it's patriarchal diet culture who places all of women's value on their looks and youth hold on a minute is that what I want to give my money to is that what I want to buy into like you, and, and it might be, it might be that you go, actually, it makes me feel really good when I take care of my skin. So I'm doing it from that self-worth place. But sometimes the same activity on the outside can have different motives. So you need to just have that moment of honesty with yourself. Am I spending this money from a place of support and love and congruence with who I really am and empowering myself? Or am I trying to get validation? Mm am i self-rejecting am i needing other people's validation what 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 is really going on here and and i think we can do that from a place of total non-judgment because getting getting aware of what's going on is the first step right and if we do this from a judgmental place then we'll never get anywhere so you have to just in a non-judgmental way be like where am I buying this fashion magazine mm-hmm. when it's going to tell me that I'm fat and old and ugly and my home is messy and my cooking is substandard and that my clothes are out of style, right? And you're like, maybe I, maybe I don't need it. Maybe it actually doesn't add anything. Um, yeah, so, so you can just have these moments of self-awareness. And I think once you've got that awareness of what your own patterns are and what your triggers are and what your motives are, then you can start to go, is this what I want? Is, is it what I want? Does this serve me? And, and then you get to have that choice, don't you? But it, it's always about the pause button for me. It's mm. like if you can pause and just notice what's actually going on from a place of non-judgment, love, humour, compassion, all of those good juicy things, then you've got half a chance of being in that empowered space of doing things because you're genuinely choosing them rather than because you're being driven by this fear-based need for something that maybe you don't even need.
0: Oh, this is so powerful Harriet. Thank you so much for giving us a place to start. For anyone who is like me, either in a gigantic feminist awakening, I don't know when mine will ever complete because every day I have new insights and I notice new things and I'm just like, my brain is like buzzing. Um, Or for people who are rather new to this, who are like, what is going on how can they get in touch with you and just follow along with what you're doing
1: um I would recommend actually that people connect with me in one of two ways come find me on LinkedIn or I have um and I, I'm the only person in the world with my name so if you just look up Harriet Whaley Cohen it's easy I also have a free Facebook group Harriet's inner a circle which is a nice place to hang out um yeah and I have a book and podcast project that's bubbling away in the background called rock the boat which will be empowering all women to be activists in their own way but it's it's not ready to go yet but do come and connect with me ahead so that you're you know you're right there when when it all kicks off
0: amazing um we're gonna put post all of the links below this episode so you can just scroll down click through to Harriet's Facebook page to her LinkedIn to her website She's really one of my favorite people in the entire world. So I hope you'll go and connect with her. Thank you so much for your time today, Harriet. You're welcome. I've got a special gift for you. Claim your 13 Money Bliss Affirmation Cards and accompanying audio at hannahbeer.com affirmations. That's H-A-N-N-A-B-I-E-R dot affirmations for free right now. These affirmation cards are magical. When you read them once, twice, again and again, they will open the way to a new and more fruitful relationship with money. You'll start to live this energy called money bliss and be astounded with the amazing results you can create in no time. I promise. Head on over to hannahbeer.com affirmations now.